Golight presents Murder Most Irish. Jaws is Ah. genuinely terrifying. Any movie or TV show where the jaw drops down. No. It's like... Also, you know what I've discovered that I'm really afraid of? Tell me. Um, Not... You're not afraid, but I don't want to look at them. Great white sharks. Oh, yeah. No, I get that. I put up a post on TikTok today and they were like, hi, I'm afraid of great white sharks. Here's some pictures. And I was like, oh, I'm afraid of them too. So you know that... Did not know this. (laughs) Just discovered. You know those like shots where people... Like it starts above the water? Yep. Bye. And then they go down yep. and it's just a shark. Or the my most fearful shots is when there's a diver and then there's a shark behind them and they don't see the shark. Yeah. No. Also, the shark the sharks actually look like they're from hell. Well, they unhinge their jaw. Well, they, they unhinge look like they're from hell. Their jaws and their gums like pop it's out. It's the gum popping out with the... Yeah. Yeah, I can't deal with them. Um, and also the, the fact that they have babies and then the, there's like they have four babies and then there's one baby who kills all the other babies yeah. to become the king shark yeah. and is birthed. They're wrong and on every level. And he says things like Dwight. Where he goes. I hey, my twin in the womb. I know the strength <laughs> of a full grown man and a baby. Like, it just, I didn't know that I was afraid of them until she put up these very specific pictures of great whites. And I was like, no, I'm afraid of them. How could you not be afraid of them? They don't really. They're prehistoric. They don't really bother me. Like, I'm just like, oh, there's a shark. The only thing that really bothered me about sharks is that baby eating thing. I couldn't tell. I was like, they're evil. They're pure evil. From the from the inception, they're evil. Like, but it's not evil. It's just, that's like, they're evil. Okay, yeah. They're from hell. Like, um, and they are, but I, it's just, like, I remember we watched that movie Megalodon. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit afraid of that. <laughs> what are you talking about? That scene when she's in the tunnel. Yeah, genuinely, I was like, fuck I was a bit like this, like, watching it kind of like that. Yeah, like, yeah that no, scene when she's in the tunnel, I was like, <laughs> nobody needs this in their lives. Sharks are very frightening. Yeah, that's why people, like, I love, Jaws is my favorite yeah. movie. But, like, Jaws is my favourite movie because that is a real thing Yeah, that like oh, not the movies like not that this Jaws no, on a rampage it can happen but then. that is a real thing you can get eaten by a fucking shark and they are prehistoric and the Megalodon one is ridiculous yeah however there are sharks that live in the deepest parts of our ocean that are that big and if you actually see the length of like the greatest great the biggest great white ever caught or documented but there's always that picture of that guy and they have the like the jawbone of the shark yeah and he's standing in front of it and I'm like I can't, this is no no to all of this like uh, I'm glad they exist and they should exist and it's great but they are f- the sea the ocean well, sharks are like terrifying. and there is that line in the like um, in Jaws where he says like they're like the dumpsters of the sea right yeah. a tiger shark in particular but they do have like a very specific thing they do in the ocean where they like essentially helps her an ecosystem survive scare the but, bollocks out of everyone however I'm also equally as terrified of like we went to the um, Natural History Museum in London yeah and there's a room that's just like full of like mammals yeah. right there is a like a two scale model of a blue whale nope terrifying terrifying you know there's a name for this what you have there's a name for that it's being afraid of 
mass or vast things. Yeah. It's actually a phobia that people have. So I'll get the name of it for you, but the blue blue whale is one of them. Yeah. Terrifying. Or you ever see those videos that people make? This is something that terrifies me. They make like animated videos where they go from the small. Yes. Place. I'll get halfway through that. No, I can't. Like. Planets. Terrify me. Zooming up to planets. Goodbye. Anything looking down on the earth. No, can't deal with it. That just doesn't bother me. Bother, I'm, my body is like, oh, like I but can't the, deal with it. the blue whale thing. There was a blue whale and then what's the other whale? Sperm whale? It's a fucking, like, two scale, like this is a sperm whale? I was like, Jesus it's fucking too big. Christ. It's just too big. Like, we like, should, we're not, we're not able. floating around the ocean. And then you see those videos of people on Instagram and TikTok where they're like wakeboarding or waterboarding. Yeah. And there's fucking whales behind them. Yeah. Sir, get out of their home. Like, you were in their home. <laughs> Leave their home. But they don't eat humans. Although there was a video of a guy that like uh, was... Wasn't eat- he swallowed by swallowed a whale? Swallowed by a whale and lived. Lived and got out and I would immediately commit suey. I'd be like, I'm not dealing with this. I was in he a whale. Those insane people that like a bit like attacked by sharks and then go back out into the ocean. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Australians. What just, is your... Just say Australians. <laughs> major... What is your major defect? Yeah, like what I would never set foot on They're it. Australians. Australians. Like, we love you, Australia, but Australians. Yeah. No fear in those people. <laughs> Living in the land of insanity. Like even... Anything do you know goes. that show? That Bondi Beach show? Yeah. That is not a beach to be fucking... Vi- like, the amount of people they have working on that beach. Because yeah. people keep getting stung, bit, trapped, oh, no, caught. But, like, <coughs> excuse me. They don't want you. Get out of their home. Not even, like, <coughs> stung, bit. That sea, that, yeah. like, coast yeah. is fucking savage. Get I'm, out of there. I've watched that and be like, at what point does anybody think, you know, I'll go for a nice gentle swim here. Also, whatever, like, to me, a giant wave, that means leave. These motherfuckers are like, fucking wave in the water. Like, no. Get out of their home. Like, we realistically, we are in their house. Like, you're yeah. in their house. They're not happy. No. Uh, squids don't like giant octopus. Bye-bye. <coughs> giant squids. Giant squids. Where they're like, here's the first footage of, you didn't need it. <laughs> what are you going to do with this? You yeah. didn't need to know that was the there. Bloop, the bloop for a long time. Like, terrified bloop. me. Oh, there's another one as well that, well, that was debunked and then there was another one a while ago that they were trying to debunk they were trying to figure out what it was as well and that was debunked they're usually just like pieces of earth falling yeah or like pipes pipes under the yeah. water kind of banging or whatever um, but stuff like that and then the but sound, the bloop the sound of the bloop sound of the bloop travels terrifying. so yeah, far terrifying and anything sounds of planets if you ever go on YouTube oh. just look at sounds of planets it should be illegal Um, that's terrifying to me anything to do with like anything to do with me just not here like on the earth standing fine anything above or below I'm like I can't deal with this this is the the earth the looking at the earth or the planet thing doesn't bother me me. Um, but the 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 sea thing the vastness and the size but like yeah my fate like my fate I love a monster movie but that's normal it's normal to be really like look at Graham (laughs) Graham will watch alien movies but he'll watch it to the point where he knows I can't watch this anymore so he has that interest in it yeah and then like I am terrified absolutely terrified I don't I know I like watching like spot squeezing oh sorry sorry spot squeezing and like toenail digging and stuff like that but I'm terrified of watching plastic surgery I hate it. It terrifies me. Like, I remember when I was really, really young, I was watching this show that I shouldn't have been watching and they were doing liposuction on a woman and it scared the living... Fo- like, I nearly vomited when I Grand, watched it. Graham gets sick watching those. And ever since then, I'm like terrified. And today I was watching an episode of The Expos. Um, and it's called Sanguinarium and it was an episode about, like, uh, a demonic cult in a plastic surgery office. And 
fucking press play and there was just a guy going you know because they do that yeah and I was immediately like Ugh! like I wanted to throw up so anything uh. to do like plastics I can't, can't deal with it like, remember that show so violent that show that used to be on was it Nip Tuck yes here's one episode of Nip Tuck I'll never forget because I was like what is this maybe watch five episodes one episode the main character the handsome guy uh, was having a threesome with a daughter a and, and a mother and, daughter. Yeah. and I said who is making this yeah shut it down you know he's in a Danny Minogue video and it always makes me laugh he's like a dancer he's like the the love interest on the beach yeah when he's like a da- it's because he's Australian um, and he's in a, da- a Danny Minogue dance vi- like music video and whenever I used to watch him talk I'd always be like is that guy this in guy. a terrible video let me ask you this question if you had a, ra- a sibling that was really famous yeah would you coast off that fame yeah 100% yeah I think I would too 100%. I'd never work a day in my life be like uh, like Ashton Kutcher is doing the rounds because I think he's written a book or something about his brother okay because Ashton Kutcher has a twin brother who has cerebral palsy oh wow and uh, then needed like a liver transplant or something like absolutely like horrendous medical issues and Ashton Kutcher is talking about like he he tried he contemplated killing himself so he could give his brother his liver and he lived like he spent an awful lot of time of his in his life being feeling very guilty about the fact that his twin he didn't have any of these problems in his twin <laughs> but also didn't have the same entitlement and luxuries yeah. that he has yeah, yeah, yeah. Sasha Kutcher is incredibly like standardly attractive yeah. and is famous in and, that's every yeah, yeah, show yeah. and all the rest and um, I was just like the whole time he was talking I was like I get his brother has like medical issues 100% but as his brother I, I would 100% suck the life out of you for oh, feeling this I'd way. I'd be like, yeah. yeah. Give me money. Uh, get me, get me on that thing. Yeah. Put me on that yoke. Like first class flights, please. <laughs> and like I was thinking about like Danny Minogue. Like I know Danny Minogue is probably like I am independently interesting, but like Danny Minogue, you're only famous because you're Kylie Minogue's sister. Yeah. Like nobody cares about you other than yeah. being Kylie Minogue's sister. Also, people can you like, tell me a Danny Minogue song? I cannot tell you a Danny Minogue song. <laughs> Guaranteed, he can. One hundred percent. Um, but no, I can't tell you like. But I often wonder like when I see. You, like siblings of very famous people who like Britney Spears' sister here have you heard the most recent conspiracy that everybody thinks Britney Spears is dead yeah that she's like fake in the back and here's the thing I would say people are crazy but then they were right about the other stuff her videos are really odd and oh, she's are they? put up like so her Instagrams don't make sense her oh, newest God. Instagram posts are all kind of like she's saying goodbye to people they're very Bro. odd. So there's like an ins- there's an Instagram post about her sister where she's like, you were the brightest light in my life. There's an Instagram about her Change kids where she's saying like things like, I'm like, I would have thrown myself in front of a car for you. I love you. Oh like, no. The posts are very, if I was in, if I was in, <coughs> excuse me. Okay. And anyway, in her circle, I would be very concerned about the fact that her her posts are alarming. And are any of her friend, like, did she friends? That woman has no friends around her. If she had friends around her, she wouldn't have been in the situation no, she was right. in for the amount of time she is. And this anybody is that's in her life now is more than likely just leeching off. She also, like, don't get me wrong, I don't believe that she should be in a conce- conce- no, conservatorship. Not at all. However, she has clearly got mental health yeah, issues. Yeah, and I think what's frustrating to me is the amount of people that were like you know get Britney out of her conservatorship she you know Britney has mental health issues and then when she started displaying mental health issues people were like oh she's mad she's ill yeah that's the whole point of this so you were free Britney and look after Britney until you until she actually started displaying what was wrong with her um and then everybody was like oh she's mad she's mad 
Like, you're all fucking horrible. I honestly hope she's okay. Yeah, so there is a thing. She breaks um, the nurse. She's married now. Oh, she's married? Yeah, so she got married to a guy. Oh, I remember she got married because her wedding was very strange. Yeah. Was Madonna at her wedding or something? I think so. That whole thing was very strange. Um, Sorry, everybody, I'm putting my jacket on. Sarah's very cold. Are you okay? Yeah, it's just my chest. So at the minute I start to get cold or feel cold... Your chest starts. It gets really <coughs> tight. Okay. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, so people are... And then there's a video of him online recording off her Instagram. She's in the background, but she doesn't move. So people are like, she's dead. I hope she's not dead. I tru- I know that's such a stupid statement. In this day and age... But, like, I really hope she's not dead. I and mean, you've got Kanye on the fucking internet telling people that Hitler invented a microphone. So, you know, in this day and age, anything is possible on the internet. Everything is not A Jewish man invented the fucking microphone. Just so everybody's aware, a fucking... Jewish man invented the microphone. Hitler didn't invent the motorway. And nope. if you're dumb enough to think Hitler invented the motorway. This is insane. Like, honest to God. And the worst thing about it is there's people that are going to yeah. believe this. People That's... are like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense. That Hitler invented these two random things that have no logical explanations to how... Like when he was like, I'm using this actual microphone. Hitler, how I make my living. Shut the fuck up, Kanye West. Well, where are his people? Does he have PR? Does he? Ha- he couldn't possibly. Does he have? I, a I tell you, who's his PR? Proud Boys. Proud yeah. Boys are his PR. Yep. Like this is absolutely terrifying. Like, and the fact that I was telling Sarah yesterday, the uh, Department of Home Security released a statement, uh, basically a warning to Jewish people and anybody in the LGBTQIA community, just to basically stay in their homes. Yeah. Because the threats of violence towards them are so high. Domestic terrorism as well, not outside terrorism. Domestic terrorism. That. To, to put that statement out and then for people to be like, well, what do we do? How do I get to work? What what do I what do? I do? Like, you know, because the attacks on the LGBTQIA community at the moment are fucking horrific. Yeah, there's a, they set up, a, there's a website <clears throat> or a phone number set up to like uh, ring and let people know where like drag shows, drag this readings are happening and uh, people are just like hoaxing it. It's fucking hilarious. Good. Take it down. Because like, that's the best way to deal with this shit. Just take it down. Like, yeah. make bits of it. But I just... It's it's all horrible. Like, Ted Cruz's daughter tried to take her own life the other day, 14 years of age, because she came out as bisexual. And she's just not being supported by her family because her oh father God. is a fucking demon from hell. Yeah. And um, she tried to take her own life. So it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And I don't know how to help. Like, I don't know what to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, what do we do? I'm just hope everybody's okay and safe. And what do you do? What do we always say? You look for the helpers. Yeah, to our listeners in these in the states, Jesus Christ! Like when you think about it, the amount of shit they have gone through in the last two years alone, like the United States. But the elections went well. <clears throat> they went very, very well, um, as well as they possibly could be at this point. So I think it's a slight turning point yeah, in what's yeah. happening. But what also needs to happen is uh, Kanye West needs to be put in a home. Or locked in his house yeah. and have his internet taken away. Yeah. Like what? Where are his family? Like, where is where is family? He's like, my dad's a Black Panther. I'm like, what the fuck is your dad doing then? Where is his? Where's dad? your dad? Who is his dad? His dad was a Black Panther. Apparently, I don't know. And apparently, his dad supports all of his like White Lives Matter bullshit and all this stuff. I don't know, but I don't know where his dad is. Where are his cousins? Where are his uncles and aunts? Where are the people that love him? That are like, please, yeah. we need you to get help. Like, um. But at this point, I just feel like he's beyond help. I don't think he wants to be helped. I no. think he, he's really enjoying I mean, the attention that this is giving you. <sighs> it's a fucking nightmare. 
Anyway. Anyhow, welcome to this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode. We've, <laughs> we've survived. We've made it through. We're going through it with our... <coughs> I'm just gross. Yeah, we're not well. Sorry. Um, But yeah, it's been a... It's been a, it's been a week. It's been a ride. It's been two weeks. been a ride, it man. It's been a two weeks. It really, really has. Um, Poor Sarah's been very ill. Colin was ill. Um, You're ill. I'm ill. Everybody's just gotten sick. And Leo Varadkar does a video of him kissing a boy. Stop the lights. <laughs> I saw this. Is that real? Yeah, yeah. But like, what? I, I don't want to... He, he's not married. He's not, he's got a boyfriend, but like a long-term relationship. Is it an open relationship? I don't know, but he's in a nightclub kissing a boy. Sir, you are a high-ranking member of <laughs> Irish he's politics. He's about to be a tea Yeah, and you're in the George... Snogging some fucking yeah, 19 year old People aren't gonna Aren't gonna video you Okay also don't video people in gay clubs That's really fucked up First and foremost um, Because a lot of people aren't out And that's really dangerous But secondly You are literally Leo Varadkar Did you think people weren't going to No I have seen, He's come out And like anybody who's <coughs> asked him He's like that's my personal life I'm not gonna talk about it So that's a yes And that's absolutely Yeah but I just can't stop I didn't watch the video I just heard about the video And I just can't stop laughing About the fact that uh, our T-Shock has a video of him. Like yeah. He's our T-Shock and he's in a nightclub being like, no one's going to care about me just like wearing sir. the face off a fella. Sir. Like look what happened to Matt Hancock. Like, he was caught cheating. Like, that's yeah. what, I don't know if he believed Rebecca was cheating. I have no idea. I don't know what these, what he's, what his relationship status is with his partner or whatever. But the, the thing, as I said, do not film people in gay clubs. It's gross. Don't do that. But at the same time, like, what are you doing going into a nightclub which is a public space? Yeah as a public front-facing employee for this country, wearing the face off some young fella and then not expecting that to get out. Yeah. Ah, come the fuck on. Like, like people are going to... And, like, for people to be like, don't film gay people. It was a gay person who filmed that. Like, well, it really wasn't a straight person that filmed that. So what the fuck are they doing as well? Everybody cop on. Leo Varadkar's a fucking snake anyway, whatever. Like, snake, I hate snake. that I have to defend him. I hate that I have to defend that cunt. But don't do that. It's really shitty. Well, like, I get the I get the hating to defend. Hate him. that I have to but, defend him. Uh, yeah, that was that was that's that happened. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, "That's not real." Yeah. Also, real. ew. He's so gross. Also, ew. He's fucking gross. Ew, David. Ew, David. Ew. Um, People over the age of forty shouldn't be allowed to kiss. There, I said it. <laughs> Jesus. When I hit forty, I'm not ever kissing again alright okay that's it I'm done Lily. no kissing over the Lily age of 40 whenever me and Greg kiss she's like eh. yeah I'd be the same and then she'd be like do you not like the fact that mommy and daddy love each other and she's like no not like this like you can love each other by being like I love you like, put your mouths on each like, other give him a kiss Emma <laughs> <laughs> like, no yeah, she's just I like, am Lily no I'll talk a little while ago she's hanging around with a little girl that lives across the road from us and her parents are separated they're yeah. not together Um, and they live like they're great <coughs> They're a really great... Like co-parenting? Oh my God. They're so good in terms of like co-parenting. Like, but um, that little girl and Lily, they're like best friends. And uh, Lily came in and she was like, uh, I won't say the little girl's name. Um, She says that it would be better if you two didn't live together. <laughs> I was like, oh. She's like, yeah, she said it'd be better if you two didn't live together. And I didn't agree with that. But she said that you get two presents yeah. on Christmas yeah. I was like yeah you do that's the, probably the benefit to it I was like <laughs> you do two Christmas two, two parties yeah. two birthday parties she was like Christmas. yeah and she's been on like four holidays this year ma'am I was like okay <laughs> like, I was 
like, I was like, like don't. okay, Lily, we'll leave each other yeah, for you. I was like, okay, <laughs> should we leave each other? She was like, mm. <clears throat> I was like, I wouldn't mind because I get every second weekend without you. <laughs> like, I get a break. I tell you, sometimes there are benefits to relationships ending, like especially when you have kids. It's like you're taking her this weekend, but that's only if there's a partner that's like actually wants to do it, actively co-parenting. Mm-hmm. Because there's so many that don't like. Well, fucking hundred percent. Yeah, there's so many that couldn't be bothered, and then the mom just has them. Yeah, like all the time. My voice is so croaky. I apologize. Um. Yeah. Should we start the story? Because Hello. I don't know how long we're gonna last. We uh we uh housekeeping. Housekeeping. Yeah. We don't have any. Thanks to everybody for. <laughs> Um, for still supporting Patreon we really appreciate it thank you very very much thank you. oh thanks to everybody who's buying our new merch thank you very very much I hope it's nice and Sarah ordered some so you can see I ordered merch you ordered merch yeah, I ordered yeah. stickers I ordered a raglan t-shirt with the three of us on it yeah and then I ordered the t-shirt that just has me mm. on it and it just check the quality and I got it oversized so I might cut it up because uh, people, somebody messaged me to say the quality on the t-shirts was good. So that's good. Oh, okay. Yeah, so because I was a bit worried. You know, you worry about stuff like that. So thank you to everybody. Really appreciate and it. And the size was really good. On yeah. that black t-shirt that Flavio yeah. designed, I got like a 4X. Oh, fantastic. Because I wanted to be super oversized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy days. Okay, well, thank you to everybody that's buying our merchandise. Yeah, we thank really you appreciate very it. much. Um, that's it. Sarah's going to do... We really appreciate it. Colin's going to put an ad in here and then Sarah's going to do her story. Yay! Hey, Colin. Tell us about the Patreon. Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans. It's me, Colin, and do I have news for you. It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash Irish, where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans. That's right. Now all of your favorite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most International for those cases you guys have been crying out for, or even Music Most Awesome where we talk about our favourite albums. But wait, there's even more! How about MMI Drive, the fan favourite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts the shite plus our monthly ask me our segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two so what are you waiting for come on over to www.patreon.com forward slash murder most irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month give my mommy six euro today i'm going to tell the story of belinda Pereira. okay i'm going to try to tell the story okay yeah <laughs> Belinda was found dead in a flat on Liffey Street in Dublin on December 29, 1996. She was working as a sex worker and she was found beaten to death. She died from blunt force trauma to the head and she was 26 years of age and tiny in stature. She's only 4.9. What the fuck? She's a tiny little thing. She'd arrived in Ireland a few days before as as the sex trade in the UK quiets down around the holidays which I just think is so bizarre. bizarre they're like sorry I have to buy presents for my wife but in Ireland it's the opposite no we're like I need to have sex with her now we're like and you're not getting a present like I've had the ham and turkey <laughs> I need a ride <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, apparently, like apparently, it's an incredibly busy time of year in Ireland. Yeah. The sex trade in the UK quiets down around the holidays, but in Ireland it gets busier. She'd made this trip a couple of times and knew she would make money. However, on previous occasions she had worked in apartments with other women, other women ran by gangs or gangs of some sort, or usually men. That meant protection, but it also <clears throat> meant paying like quite a high percentage of the earnings. Um, so, Belinda was from London. She lived near Wembley with her mum. Her family were originally from Sri Lanka, but they moved to Britain when Belinda was a child. When she was a teen, her parents split up and he, she stayed with her mum near the city. She worked a number of low-paying jobs, but at the age of 17, she became involved in sex work. She 17. was 17. She was absolutely beautiful. I've seen a picture of her. Yeah. yeah, she's gorgeous. She was secretive and was capable of keeping it completely covered up from her family and friends. So, like, no one no around one knew. her knew that she was doing this. They all thought she was working an office job. She also developed a drug habit. Once again, no one in her family or friendship circle knew of this. They all thought she was working in an office. She was a beautiful girl with dark hair and a beaming bright smile. She lived a secret double life and seemed to be really successful and happy in her new career, according to all of her family around her. This was the image she portrayed to those around her, and as time went on, she started to understand the workings of the sex industry. She heard Dublin was a great place to make money, and making an arrangement to work here was super easy. Gangs in Ireland took out ads and papers in the UK. You just answered the advert and the job was done. Yeah, like, this is so insane. So, Belinda, this is obviously predates the internet as well, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is 1996. So, Belinda arrived in Dublin on Christmas Eve in 1996. (laughs) She met a man in Dublin Airport who brought her to an apartment on Liffey Street, right in the heart of the city. She was working alone in the flat having clients coming to meet her. She planned on going home on New Year's Eve, but on the 29th of December, Garda received a call saying the body of a woman had been found dead in a flat. She never made it home. Oh, like two days she would have been home? Yeah. Belinda was found in a pool of blood lying on her bed, lying on her back on her bed. She was naked, but she was covered up with a sheet. Her head was slumped to the left, the man she had sublet the apartment from is the one who rang the guardie. He said he last spoke to Belinda at 3pm on the 28th the day before. Over the phone. There was no sign of a break-in and the building itself was very quiet as a number of the residents had gone home for the festive break. There appeared to be no one to hear the assault. And the, assi- the assault was like violent. Liffey Street. They're all, that's all student sublets. Yeah. Like, so they're gone home. They're gone home. The first reports about Belinda were small and did not make the front of the papers in Ireland. Sophie Tuscan de Plantier, so yep. say that, had been murdered in West Cork in 1996. The murder was all over the papers. She was white. She was blue-eyed. She was married to a wealthy Frenchman. Yep. All the things you need to get uh, any attention paid to you. It, it should also be noted that this was the 19th violent murder of a woman mm-hmm. in 1996. A paper at the time reported that the weapon that she was killed was brought to the apartment with them. This would suggest premeditation. The weapon, the object used to kill Belinda was not to be found in the apartment. And so a search began around the complex in the Liffey. Nothing turned up in these searches. 
Superintendent Bill O'Donoghue appealed to the public for any information. He also asked to look for her clients to come forward in the strictest of confidence. They wanted to speak to anyone that had seen Belinda at the apartment on the 28th of December. Garda said they just wanted to focus on her murder and not the illegal activity carried out in the apartment. Okay. Do you think any of her clients were like, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, they all did. Did they? What? Fair play. Except for four. Okay. Well, fair play to the people that actually were like... they only did that because the guards were going to... They were going to find out where they were, yeah. And ring your phone and be like, hey, we need you... Hey! Uh... Just go into the other room, yeah? Hey. (laughs) Belinda's flat was ransacked, but while searching, they found Belinda's ID papers. So, like, the flat showed no signs of a clear break-in, but it was pulled apart. Oh. So someone had pulled it apart. So that would only be someone looking for money. Money. Like. They gave them a name. So it found Belinda's ID papers. This gave them a name and an address they could reach out to the UK to let them know of Belinda's death. The Met was con- contacted and the officers travelled to her home. But her mother was all- was away. So her mother wasn't there. Oh, <clears throat> it's like 36, so you're not like texting and like, no. where are you? How are you getting? Like, that, yeah. didn't, that wasn't a thing, man. Interpol was then informed by the authorities in Sri Lanka who travelled to Belinda's family home and gave her mother and family the sad and upsetting news. At Christmas. At Christmas. Ugh, fuck. I don't even know. Her parents arrived on January 4th to identify the body of Belinda. They were both distraught and tired from the trip, but they went to Store Street Guard Station to give statements and get an update on the investigation. Belinda's mum asked the guard to find her daughter's killer. Her father identified his daughter's body at the morgue. Man, I hope and I pray that no one I know ever has to do that in those circumstances. Mm. That is unbelievable. That's traumatising. At this point, the press had now been running salacious stories of Belinda's sex work and the tabloids printed salacious story after story. Rather than fact, rather than focus on the fact that the woman had been violently murdered, they looked for hot headlines to sell papers. This was printed in a number of articles I read and it was just really upsetting because it was like, why do you, like, why do you need to remind us of this? Of course, that's the so first thing they go to. They were like, she was somebody's daughter and this was a terrible tragedy for them. So they'd write these like terrible salacious like, stories. Dirty whore. Yeah. Like she's somebody's <clears> daughter. <throat> and then at the end, we're like, in every article I read of the time, we're like, but we have to remember that she's someone's like child. And you know what? That mentality still exists now. That is still a thing that people would think now. Oh, well, you know, when you hear somebody's been murdered, especially a yeah. woman, there's always that immediate thing where something, they think, think a negative thing before yeah. they think that person I mean, they have to bring it back to that somebody's wife daughter mother that's a person yeah it doesn't matter what their relative what always is. gets me is I've never read an article about a man where it goes and but we have and to that's somebody's son, son. That's somebody, no because that's only done to women because like you're either a Madonna or a whore Sarah one of the two her family had no idea that Belinda was working as a sex worker oh my god is this how they found out and as said above they thought she was working on a well paid office job <sighs> She also was studying to be a beautician at the time. Her body was brought to Glasnevin Cemetery and was cremated by her parents and then brought home to London. There were prayers in the Ursuline church that was attached to the school that Belinda attended up the road from her family home. There was no news at all reported of her killing in the UK. It didn't make the papers at all. What? Yeah. That 
It got no mention in the press in the UK. Because usually when a citizen of one country is murdered in another country, that's like huge she's a sex shit. worker and she's brown. I hate everything. I hate everything. Like, she's a brown woman as and a, a sex, sex worker. worker. So they're like, that's not a person. She, she deserves it. Fuck, man. The Sunday Tribune ran a piece on Belinda and interviewed her friends and some nuns in the school she attended. The nun said she was a sweet girl, but could not remember if she finished school until graduation. She said it was almost as like Belinda disappeared. So like the kind of closer she got to the end of school, she became more and more withdrawn. Yeah. But like she's, it sounds very much like Belinda was supporting her family. Okay. So she was working like part-time jobs and working like shitty work. And then got the work as a sex worker because it paid, <clears throat> obviously paid better. Yeah. Her friends also commented and said they had no idea of Belinda's double life. They had no idea she had a drug problem. It was as if Belinda had really well compartmentalised her life completely. That made it more and more difficult for the investigation, as there was no real image that they could draw of yeah. Belinda. Or there's nobody they could find, like, because she was so separated, they couldn't she, say to her friends, talking do you to anybody. know her? Or she isn't, say, she isn't saying to anybody, well, I've got this John that yeah. is super, like, aggressive. Or... So they don't have that connection to be like, yeah. No. <clears throat> on, the, on the weekend after her killing... A number of guards spent the weekend nights into the morning interviewing passerbys by the apartment. Questionnaires were handed out also. Monday the 6th of January they began shifting their way through the statements and questionnaires but still no apparent motive in the case. No weapon was found and no evidence that there was any premeditation. So you know that article where they were like the person brought the the weapon with them. There's, there's like literally no report there's that no states report. that. Okay. Um Several of her clients had now come forward and the guard has said these individuals gave them all the information they could under the circumstances and that they were very upfront about what was going on. January 8th, Stephen Ray wrote in the Evening Herald that the guardie were going to the UK to speak to Belinda's pimps. A source also said that a small hatchet was used to kill Belinda, but there is no confirmation that... It, it actually was that. No. <clears throat> A number of people who ran brothels were brought into Store Street and the next day her photograph was finally published for the first time. So up until this point they hadn't published her photograph. Guardian were anxious to build a profile of how she spent her time. No details were confirmed for any evidence. Or any person of interest. But papers began printing information from leaking sources of ransacked flats and the hatchets. None of this was confirmed publicly by the Garda. There was also an article in the Sunday World saying that the Garda believed that Belinda had owed money to a pimp and that this was the purpose of her killing. The paper asserted that according to sources, they had a person of interest and the focus of the police efforts would remain at the flat and nowhere else. So there was this whole thing where they were like, then trying to figure out if she went anywhere. Okay. Because someone reported that they seen her at a nightclub. Oh. But then it was like, no, she didn't go anywhere. She didn't go anywhere. She's, like, she was just in the apartment for the entire time that she was in Ireland. Like, if I'm really honest, it's never stated, but it sounds very much like she couldn't leave the apartment. I was going to say, was this like a, this sounds like sex trafficking anyway. Yeah. So there is that thing where it's like, because they're afraid <clears throat> that the girl will be seen or noticed or, you know, anything like that. It's like, stay where you are, don't leave. Well, she had a minder. And then one of the things that... <coughs> I'll get into it in the end. The phone in the house was 
so I don't know if you remember this, but we used to, my mum used to do it on her phone whenever I was taking a piss. She used to bar outgoing calls. Oh, yeah. The phone in the house, she couldn't make any she outgoing make calls. Belinda's address book had been found and in that Belinda had noticed names or noted names or initials of the clients along with their phone numbers. Again, Garda asked for men who had known Belinda to come forward. The Evening Herald said that the Gardaí must interview punters but that it would be confidential and no criminal proceedings would take place from it. The tabloids took took off at this time with these stories of Belinda's previous... So they went and like about her previous visits to Ireland yeah she'd been at least four times right and it was just like tabloid fodder of course it was like she was here previously she was working in Temple Bar because they're literal scum and these women say this is what she did but they're on they're putting up their editorials and their front pages about how beautiful Sophie Toscan de Plante was because that's all that matters apparently yeah Um, so they took off and started to print like just salacious article after salacious article it was learned that it had been her third visit since October of the same year. So she'd been at that, like October. She's This is like now her third time yeah. to be here. Um, She'd begun her work in a brothel in Temple Bar, but it was raided, so she left. None, none of the women working there were arrested, and Belinda then began working with two other girls from that Temple Bar spot in what was described as a luxury apartment in the city centre. Women working in these, in these establishments handed over money to pimps in these arrangements. <clears throat> The upside is the perceived level of safety. This was one of the reasons Belinda was drawn to Dublin, as you could make a lot of money. She then moved into business with two men who ran a club called the Gentleman's Club, using advertisements in in Dublin. Do you remember in Dublin? In Dublin, yeah. Yeah, they. Do you remember the advertisements in the back? Yeah. These ran this. The men placed the ads in the magazine, and this gave you the direct number to the sex worker. Oh. Under this agreement, Belinda would hand over a portion of her takings per day. Some papers say it was as low as £100 per day and others saying it was as much as £60 per client. So, <clears throat> the way the line, the way the adverts work is, the adverts were mobile numbers that were, do you know the way you used to be able to divert mobile numbers yeah. to other numbers? Yeah were diverted to essentially Sorry. the landline in this apartment. So they put in like say 087 blah 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 and then it just went to the 01 number instead. To that phone in her I apartment. I what the ad said because it couldn't be like ostentatious about the fact that they were soliciting sex. Well in Dublin we're like we were really aware that it was an escort but I'm not the moral compass for what people do with their money. That was their line. That was their line? Yeah. Okay. Um, but they were like it was like it was always well known yeah, that they that were that's like, what they were doing. <coughs> it was down as being an escort oh okay okay Um, so <clears throat> it could be as said it could be as low as £100 per day or as much as £60 per client the women would also have to pay rent in some of the cases for the apartments and a pimp like these women are like just like what's the word exploited upon exploited Legit- beyond exploitation at this point like so they would Pay, they'd have to pay the pimp, they'd have to pay for the apartment, and then because this company that they were using was paying for these ads, they would have to pay them as well. The advertisements in the Gentleman's Club for, for Christmas that year boasted that it would be open all Christmas and 24-7. So, like, they were, like, I hate escorts 24-7, and, like, they specifically wrote the ad to be, like, we're open all Christmas. 
438 calls were placed in December to that number in the advert. Most of these were diverted to a landline number in the flat in Liffey Street and the others were diverted to an 088 mobile number. So there's two flats in the sea. Okay. The first outgoing call that month was to Belinda in Wimbledon on the 8th of December. Oh. Another to was made two days later to Erlingus to presumably book the flights for Belinda. The final incoming call on that number was placed on placed at 8.26 p.m. on the 28th of December. So it's the last... The last day that she was... Yeah. Yeah. Liz Walsh of the Sunday Tribune, Tribune noted that was the last time anyone could place Belinda alive. She reportedly spoke to her pimp just before this time. It was also thought that the landline in the flat had outgoing calls barred, meaning Belinda had no way to make outward call for help if she needed it. The tabloids began running stories with other sex workers from the UK. The desire to talk about the underbelly of sex work and how it had made its way onto the streets of Ireland was pretty much what Belinda's stories became and not about finding her killer. Four weeks after her murder, very little had been discovered. Garda were hopeful that her killer would be caught. The Sunday Tribune reported again that the Garda did not think a client killed her but more likely to be someone involved in the trade of trafficking women. In the weeks after her murder, it became more and more difficult for the Garden to collect intel as caution began to to spread through the sex work industry in Ireland. There was a statement from the Garden that said sex workers, it's the oddest thing. They were like, sex workers go about their work as normal. That the current increased attention from the Garden was for their protection. So they were like, we're just trying to catch this guy. We're just killer. trying to get this guy. But like, we know you're selling sex and we know that's illegal, but we want you to go about your work. It's very strange. It's the oddest <clears throat> Sex work in Dublin reduced significantly as the papers ran story after story about it. Very few people were willing to come forward. A very small progress was made. But then six other women who were working out of other flats came forward and spoke to the Garda. Some of the women also spoke to the papers and expressed surprise that she'd been left on her own in the apartment, that that wouldn't be common. That wasn't a thing? No. As this would not be the standard by any means. <coughs> it was also really unusual that she was allowed to sleep there. Where would she sleep? Well, like, they were like, sleeping there is fine, but there would always be someone overnight. You wouldn't be oh, there by you yourself. Oh, by yourself. So they were like, that's really unusual. Yeah, this girl was, I feel like this girl was targeted. Um... Yes, they were like, that by no means was the standard. Sources also said that 23 used condoms were found in the flat, discarded in one of the bins. The next line, I'm sorry I had to write this. The biological matter in those was now being tested against who came forward. It was reverse tracing and reverse tracing was then ran on the numbers in Belinda's diaries. So that's why people came forward. Okay. They, they didn't were like, come forward. I didn't do this. They didn't come forward because, no, it wasn't that I didn't do this. They didn't come forward to like, in any way clear their name. They came forward because the guards were, they knew. They knew. It was being reported. Like, the the papers were reporting everything like the next day, whoever was leaking this shit. So they knew that, like, I was with this woman and yeah. I know in my fucking family home and the guards are going to come knock on my door and this is so all over the fucking Sunday They tabloids. were jumping before they were pushed yeah. basically. Yeah. And then on top of that like your 1996 DNA is not a thing. No. 
Another woman who had travelled some months previous came forward and said she had been attacked and beaten by a man who was a pimp in his 30s some months previous. This man was also known to Belinda and he had a reputation for demanding sexual favours of the women he worked with and he was known to the guardie at the time. He had been arrested for a number of other assaults. Okay. This was not reported by the sex worker at the time. The Garda also said a number of other sexual assaults were known to have been carried out by this man before Belinda's killing and her killing also. Okay. So, like, they knew of this guy who was, like, a pimp who was walking... Matches what happened this yeah, girl, basically. like, attacking women, violently assaulting them, demanding sexual favours, favors, and taking their money. Okay. I hope he's in jail, but I don't think he is. Pimps were reported to by to be now flying in, flying in with women of color from the UK in order to protect their assets. So they were now no longer like off you pop. They were like, I'll come with you. I'm still gonna put you in harm. Still gonna traffic you. However, women of color were also finding that established protected protected brothels now no longer wanted them as the Gardaí were paying particular attention to them just pushing them into even more dangerous scenarios oh this is a fucking mess one woman arriving into work in Dublin was met at the airport by the Garda like immediately she would nothing to do with any of this she got off the plane and was taken in around 20 other women had the exact same experience that weren't sex workers but they were sex workers oh sorry but they had nothing to do with what was going no, on no and then they were like literally got off the plane and were like hey we want to talk to you about what happened to Belinda and they were like They're I like, was even in Belinda. this country like when this happened okay so this is obviously <coughs> pushy tactics they're trying to scare these women None of these women knew anything about Belinda. It was then reported that a man described as a pimp was brought in for questioning after Belinda was murdered and then left the country immediately. Oh, shocker. (laughs) The paper described him as the prime suspect that he was in his early 30s, was known to have attacked women previously. Belinda was believed to have owed him money. A week later, later on February 9th, the Sunday World reported over 50 clients had been questioned and that there were still 12 men that they wanted to speak to. Many of the men had come forward quickly and the Garda were also looking for a taxi driver who'd been seen picking up a man near the flat in the early hours of the morning and that's taught to be this 30-year-old pimp. Okay. That The taxi man never came forward so nothing was ever made of that. Imagine, um, probably, I don't know if this girl was sexually assaulted or anything, but bashing someone's head in and then going downstairs and hailing a taxi. Yeah. And then like, off Mm. I go. Yeah. (sighs) The inquest into Belinda's death was opened on the 19th of April, 1997. John Harbison said Belinda died from multiple blows to her head from a blunt object. There were lacerations, bruises and swelling to her brain as well as her as well as her skull and her skull had fractures Belinda's parents travelled to Dublin to attend the inquiry her her father was to give evidence confirming he formally identified her body the inquest however was adjourned as the criminal investigation was ongoing to determine the individual who caused Belinda's death this just seems like the most backwards thing so they made these people travel the whole way to fucking Ireland and then they got here and then they were like, oh, we're actually, we're going to adjourn this because criminally we haven't, we don't know who did who this. Did it? And we think it'd be best if we continue to, it just makes no sense. Bro, what the fuck? However, a year later, Saturday the 18th of April, a Garda source told the Independent 
there was still no prime suspect in the case, but that the detectives still working it were determined to solve it. The inquest was adjourned again on the 16th of April. However, the coroner's court was told that the inquest proceedings should now go ahead as they still had direct leads into Belinda's killing, as they still had no direct leads into Belinda's killing, and to date over 400 people had been called to give evidence, questions and statements taken, but they still did not know. nothing. Nothing. A guard source told the Irish Times at the same time as this inquest, this was one of the saddest cases. The only thing these women see of Dublin is the airport and the apartment. She was here for a week, in a rabbit hutch of an apartment on her own. On the 29th of July 1998, the inquest heard of Belinda's death. An appeal was made for anyone from the public with any information to come forward. The jury heard from Dr. John Harbison and told them how Belinda had died. The guarder brought the jury through the steps they had taken to try find her killer. Her family did not attend. <sighs> Unlawful debt was found in the case and a month later in August 1998 the crime appeared on Garda Crime Stoppers on RTE. This was to try and get more information and drum up people's memories. Rewards were offered. This was just one of many appeals over the course of the investigation. A reenactment was played out again in October but nothing has ever come of Belinda's murder and no one has ever been charged for her murder. Nothing at all. still unsolved to this day. And there are no leads. I wonder, with cases like this now, I always wonder if there's so many of these cases being solved this way. Like with regards to DNA. Genial DNA. Like would they, obviously it's not closed, but would they maybe do that? Because for a 26-year-old girl to be bludgeoned to death in an apartment in town, and not a single person, not one person... Could they find that they were like, yeah, it's definitely that person. And obviously that 30-year-old pimp is very suspicious. Yeah, absolutely. You know Super I mean? suspicious. The only thing is, like, I'm not being vulgar. There's 50 men. Yeah, I know. I There's know. 28 yeah. condoms. I know. And I just... So the level of, like, DNA material. And, and that poor girl, like... And it does. It never said that she was sexually assaulted. Yeah, no, that's why I was wondering how that happened. I, I didn't um, know. So it never says that. That makes me feel like she wasn't. It's just, man, it's like, you know, this idea, like, especially in 1996, these girls weren't living some sort of idealised sex worker lifestyle. These girls were trafficked. That's not a choice. You are put in a position that it's the only way that you can do anything. It's the only way you can earn money. You're 17. I know we've spoken about this on the Patreon. You're a baby. uh, Quite some time ago. And it's that thing that you kind of... There are blurred lines Massive with this. Massive blurred lines. And what I mean by that is, they're, to me, they're not. They're super black and white. Um, When I was looking at this case, the reason I started to look at it again is because there was like statistics. There was like a RTE news article about trafficked women in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So very recently, there was a, a case that got brought to the High Court of women that had been yeah. found to be trafficked. Um, There are about it. They've they estimate, because it's very difficult to get this information, but there are about a thousand sex workers currently trafficked working in Dublin. Okay. That's an insanely high number for a population. Insane, we have a, a national <coughs> population of four million, 
but 1.2 million people live in Dublin. Yeah. The other thing is like that, that woman's family had no oh, idea yeah. what she was doing. No. None. Like, and people are like, you know, when you're saying they, they w- went together for safety and, you know, they went with gangs for safety, but the members of these gangs are keeping themselves, but also raping them and yeah. beating them and taking their money. So they mean, when they say safe, these gangs want to keep them alive because they generate income from them. Yeah. So they're safe in that sense, but they're not safe from a John coming in and bashing their head in with a fucking brick. No. And dumped in an apartment in Liffey Street. Um, it's just, I hope, I'm, her family, man, like, what the f- what do you do with that information? Christmas! Christmas. Anyway, everybody, um... Bye, everybody! Everybody's a stupid bitch, Jax. Tell them. Tell them, tell them, Jack. Carly! Say goodbye. Everybody, have a lovely week. We will see you next week, hopefully, if we're feeling any better and not angry. Yeah, and, um, we are feeling better. Have a lovely week. Say hi, Colin. Hello, everybody. Say bye, Colin. Bye, everybody. Yay. What are you eating? What are you eating? I beat my face Tell myself it's just a dream Just a dream But I can't unsee What I've seen What I've seen I'm a killer I'm a villain I'm a fiend I'm a fiend But it's only a dream It's only a dream I rest my case Tell myself it's just a dream Just a dream But I can't unsee What I've seen What I've seen I'm a killer I'm a villain I'm a fiend I'm a fiend But it's only a dream Yo, it's only a dream This could be a super villain Origin story Cause not too long ago I was just a regular girly Too preoccupied with boys and spending all of my money On some see to material just to cover my body That's right. Then one night I had an accident that set me apart I was exposed to an element and it captured my heart Yeah those ill-begotten daughters of the glamorous game Yeah they gave me a home and let me pick my new name So I took to the stage just like a knife to an artery And I gave you my spirit and made this killer a part of me I'm no longer a character, I'm a fucking calamity I'm serving you make-believe with the side of reality But I took it too far and let the parasites get to me Slamming shots at the bar, I'm living off cocaine and ecstasy And I'll murder my friends, set up camp with my enemies Till the day I decided to keep the monster inside of me But I can't leave it in its place So I beat my face Tell myself it's just a dream, just a dream But I can't unsee what I've seen, what I've seen I'm a killer, I'm a villain, I'm a fiend, I'm a fiend I'm a kid.